0: Hey everybody, welcome to the first ever episode of Out of Left Field. My name is Luke and I'm super excited to be here with y'all. Starting a podcast has been a project that I've wanted to do for a really long time now, so to finally uh, get it going, get it started here, is uh, pretty awesome. I'm really excited to see uh, what this leads to. Anyway, once again, welcome to the first ever episode. Um, Today is just going to be a brief uh, beginner's episode, uh, kind of a mini-sized one, talking about uh, my favorite baseball team, the Minnesota Twins, and some of the recent uh, trades that they've made. Uh, Just to be clear, this is not just a Twins show, this is an all MLB podcast, Um, but I figured this would be an easy way to just uh, get started and get some practice in. So yeah, I'm going to be reacting to the moves that the, that the Twins have made so far this offseason. And uh, also giving some insight and some uh, opinions on what I think uh, their next uh, step should be. So anyway, I hope you stick around and uh, yeah, enjoy. And once again, welcome to Out of Left Field. Real quick before we get into the show here, I just wanted to give a quick shout out because I was having a lot of trouble coming up with the name for the podcast. I had some more creative ideas and some less creative ideas. I was thinking of maybe naming it something like The Bomba Show after The Bomba Squad. But again, I want this to be an all MLB show, so I did not want to be too twins focused. Uh, Also, some less creative ones like uh, Foolish Luke, which is a knockoff of Foolish Baseball or Foolish Bailey from YouTube. I didn't want to do that. So anyway, I was bouncing ideas uh, off of some of my friends, and Caleb came up with Out of Left Field. So shout out to my buddy Caleb for uh, coming up with the idea for this podcast. Okay, so without further ado, let's start talking about these trades here. Now the first trade, which happened a whole five days ago, feels like forever ago if you ask me, was the Mitch Garver trade. We traded Garver, our starting catcher of the past three seasons, to the Texas Rangers for shortstop Isaiah kiner Falafa and pitching prospect Ronnie Henriquez. Um, and this is, a, this is a strange trade because if you've been paying any attention, you know that uh, kiner Falafa is no longer with the team anymore, a uh, very quick turnaround. But um, just looking at the trade at its face without uh, the knowledge of what happened next, I wasn't a particular huge fan of it. I'll give you the background on the players. We gave up Mitch Garver. Very underrated power bat, if you ask me. Uh, Hit 31 home runs in 2019. Since 2019, he has had some injury problems, but when healthy, he was still hitting a lot of homers and putting up decent averages and being a solid defensive catcher as well. Nothing amazing behind the plate, but... Definitely a good option. He had really developed into a pretty solid starting catcher for the twins. Um so yeah, losing him kind of stinks. I'm uh I'm a huge Mitch Garver fan, so I wasn't super excited to see that the twins were thinking of trading him, but it does make sense. Especially now. But even back then, like we had a lot of power bats. So we we were kind of dealing from a surplus. But uh then our catching options internally weren't looking so great. So maybe b- back then, what I would have thought was maybe the Twins are going to go s- try to find a catcher in free agency and bring him in to be a placeholder starter until Jeffers or Rourkevec can develop. Um, with uh, Kiner Falefa, the Twins did get a good shortstop, which was a big offseason need for them, and one that now, once again, is still not been filled. <laughs> but he has been extremely durable the past two years. He won a gold glove in 2020. He's only missed a handful of games since the beginning of 2020. He uh, hits for a pretty solid average, 270, 280 range. Uh, not a lot of power, so he's about a league average bad in terms of OPS and OPS+. But again, elite defender, versatile, durable. Uh, not an elite shortstop option, but definitely the Twins could have done far worse in that regard. And uh Henrique is the pitching prospect. Apparently he's a top 10 prospect for the Rangers before he got traded to Minnesota. I don't know where he's going to rank now, but you never know with uh with the prospects. They can pan out, they can't. They cannot. But uh yeah, I can see why the Twins made the move. I wasn't the biggest fan of it. But now looking uh looking ahead the next couple of trades or the next trade with New York, the move makes a lot more sense. And I actually that makes it better in my eyes. So let's talk about that trade. The uh giant trade we pulled off with the Yankees. Massive uh I wouldn't consider it like a blockbuster, maybe. It was definitely shocking. It was something that I was not expecting. So a day after we got Isaiah Kiner Falafa. We flipped him to the Yankees along with our backup catcher, Ben Rortfitt, and our third baseman, Josh Donaldson, for Yankees starting catcher, Gary Sanchez, and Yankees starting third baseman, Gio Urshela. So, Josh Donaldson is one of my favorite twins of the past couple of years. I've always been a huge Josh Donaldson fan, so losing him from a pure like, fan perspective was very, very tough. I'm a big bring, bringer of rain guy. But we were able to offload all of his salary on the Yankees. And I was getting a little concerned due to some of the injury problems he's had the past couple of years that this uh, contract that we gave him was going to become a huge pain in our side. But now that's unloaded. And so we bring in, uh, we, re- we replace him with Gio Urshela. And Urshela by no means can hit as well as Donaldson. He had an amazing 2019, but that's looking more and more like a fluke. He's never had a great power bat. His defense is solid to slightly above average. Ed Donson's no longer the defensive wizard he once was. But overall, the uh, third base position definitely had a downgrade, but we also saved a lot of money in the process which I will get to in a second why I think this is a good thing. Also, if you think about it, there's nothing saying that Donaldson and... No, I'm sorry. There's nothing saying that Urshela and Luis Arias can do a platoon at third base. This would give Arias more playing time and take some of the load off of Urshela, who can play other infield positions if needed. So he can... He doesn't have to be the starting star third baseman. He can be a utility player a little bit. So it's a downgrade at third base but it's not it's not an unsolvable problem and then uh we gave up catcher ben Rortfett. uh he had a brief stint in the majors last year really a good defensive catcher he has a potential in his bat from what scouts have been saying we didn't see it although i'm looking at i've been looking at mlb social media and everyone's going off about how Like Jack, this guy is like. There's videos of him working out and showing off his biceps and stuff. This man is huge. Like if he can't hit, if he can get behind a ball, he's gonna crush it. Of course, strength isn't everything. You know, you've got to have the vision and the hand-eye coordination and the bat speed. But if he can develop those, he could be launching some balls out Yankee Stadium in the future. We'll have to see. Um. And then we sent um, Isaiah kyra to the Yankees one day after getting him. So now the Twins have a shortstop hole again. But Then we got, I think, the most interesting piece of the trade in the Yankees catcher, Gary Sanchez. Now, Sanchez, as best, can replicate Mitch Garver's offensive production, even be more dangerous, I think. As worse, though, he Garver's definitely the better option. However, um... I was listening to a, a John Boyce talking Yanks podcast and he and Jake both think that uh, Sanchez just needs a change of scenery. And I uh, tend to agree with them. I'm not taking this idea from them, but I think getting out of New York, which is, as we all know, a very harsh environment to play in for a baseball player, especially one that struggles. Cause think about it, every time he, drops a drops a strike drops a third strike or lets a pass ball co- go by. Every Yankees fan wants him to like be kicked out, be banned from the city. They're always yep. Yeah, that's just how Yankees fans are. They're always just that you can never please them. And I don't think that our Minnesota tradition of accepting mediocrity and just kind of being like, oh well, is a good thing. But I think it's a friendlier environment and kind of a fresh start for him. And I think this is a chance for him to, uh, you know, change his scenery. Will kind of help him relax, find a new group of guys he can meld with. Um, one thing I think is really cool is the, uh, the brotherhood between a lot of the Latino players on the Twins, like Polanco, and Sano, and uh, Arias. So those guys are all very, um, very accommodating and just very fun to be around. I think Sanchez is a fellow Hispanic will get along really well with these guys. And so will Yeah, I'll help maybe help him loosen up a little bit. And yeah, I see this as a positive move for the Twins. It could backfire, but we're not on the hook for a ton of salary. This is a giant free agent contract. This is a trade in which we were able to dump a lot of salary. So I am personally in favor of this. I think that Sanchez is, has the chance to really break out this season. And then, uh, let's see, anything else about that trade? I'll get to the uh, salary implications in a second. I want to talk real quick about the um, the last trade, and in my opinion, already the best one, which was the Twins trading Sunny Gray. No. The Twins acquiring Sonny Gray from the Reds for our first round pick and... One of our more higher ranked pitching prospects, Chase Petty. So we really need starting pitching. That was the most important thing that we needed in the offseason. And up to this point, all we had done to do that was sign to address that was sign Dylan Bundy, which is not great to say the least. So we were going to be trotting out a rotation where. There was some potential, but there was also a lot of questions. Can Bundy rebound? How's Joe Ryan going to look at a full season? Can Bailey Ober be solid again? What's going on with Randy Dobnek? Like there were so many questions, and I mean Maeda's still out. I think he's I doubt he's coming back this season. We'll see. But uh yeah, it wasn't looking great. So And I was looking, and people were saying, oh, well, the Twins should have traded Chase Petty away. Like He's going to be really good. And my counterpoint is that I agree with you. Petty has the potential to be amazing. But the thing is, is the Twins in my lifetime as a fan, which goes back to roughly 2006, 2007, with the exception of Jose Barrios, I can't think of a single Twin starting pitching prospect that's ever Lived up even somewhat to their potential with the organization. Like, I became a fan right around the time that Johan Santana left the Twins, and he was—he's the greatest starting pitcher we've had of the ba- past twenty years. But he wasn't even developed by the Twins; he was a Rule Five draft pick from Houston. So, we can't take a ton of credit for making Johan Santana who he who we, is who he was, whatever, because we didn't draft him and bring him up through our farm system. We signed him as a Rule 5 pick and threw him in the majors immediately. And it took some growing pains. but We did become a two-time Cy Young winner, but that's one kind of half example. I mean, I was looking at baseball Reference. reference. They have a table of the top five twin starters from the past 15 years every year. I'm looking at all the names. I'm seeing, like, Francisco Liriano was wildly inconsistent. And then when he left Minnesota and went to Pittsburgh, he became the Cy Young contender that everyone thought he could. And he showed flashes of that, just wasn't consistent. Kyle Gibson, for how much I love Gibby and what a great guy I think he is, and he was a solid leader for the team. He just did not pitch like a first-round pick. He had two above-average seasons, and a couple of seasons where it was really bad and he was getting demoted to the bullpen. So he couldn't develop Gibson. Liriano, kind of an if. If he Nick Blackburn never turned into anything. Scott Diamond never turned into anything. None of our starting pitching prospects in recent memory, with the exception of Burrios, and you could even argue that he left a little bit on the table. Well, this. I shouldn't say that. Not that he's not trying, but just there's there a little bit more. He could have been better. We just can't develop starting pitching. Since 2010, the Twins have the third worst ERA in all of baseball. The only two teams that are worse are Colorado, which is to be expected, playing Coors Field and all that, and the Baltimore Orioles, which... When people want to talk about bad pitching and terrible pitching development, they point to Baltimore, but the Twins are right below them, or right above them. They have a slightly lower ERA. So, yeah, this team has a pit. We can't. We need to learn how to develop starting pitching. So, my counter argument, long and short of it, is if we kept Chase Petty, he probably would have fizzled out and never became the potential star that he could be. He probably will go to the red, he'll go to the reds and he could fizzle out there too, or he could turn into something great. But with this organization, i much rather take the sure thing, develop starting pitcher over the prospect that we, I'm sorry to be cynical here, but we're probably going to ruin. Anyway, Sonny Gray, uh, since uh, 2019, He's been solid, but not amazing. He had a Cy Young contender season in 2019, put up an ERA below three. Over the past two years, so I'm counting the short 2020 season, and then he missed a little bit of time with injury last year, so his uh, past two seasons workload equals about one full normal season, a little more maybe. But just looking at that 10.7K per nine rate, which is really good, 4.05 ERA. Not amazing, not terrible. He's pitching in Cincy, so it's a little hard. But, yeah, I really like this move because he already becomes our ace. He has a great track record. He's not going to, he's not, I'm not expecting him to come here and win a Cy Young with us, but he'll eat up innings. He'll be a leader in the rotation. He inspires confidence. The name Sonny Gray is always, he's always been considered a solid pitcher. Borderline ace, number two, definitely. So this is a good fit. It's not like we're thrusting Dylan Bundy into the ace role because that would have been bad. So yeah, out of all the trades, I give the Sonny Gray trade the highest grade, um, followed by the Yankees trade right behind it, and then the Mitch Garver trade, which is helped by the fact of flipping Kiner Falafa to New York. So to wrap this up, at this point now what the Twins are looking at is a uh, better starting rotation uh catching core that has the potential to be very good. It could also be worse than it was last year, which would be pretty easy to do cuz I did I did I do like Garver Garver a lot. And he did do pretty well. But we have there's a lot of potential there. Um, slightly worse at third base, but much more cost-effective. And we have some versatility in our lineup. Also, the big thing is the Twins have been running a payroll roughly around $125 to $103 million the last few years. So if you take that and look at their current $94 million payroll, according to Fangraphs, there's a, there's a gap of roughly 30 to $35 million there if we're using their average payroll from the last few seasons as kind of a measure of how much they might be willing to spend. So what I see here is you can absolutely definitely shell out some big bucks. And at this point, I don't think Correa is the option. I'm assuming he's going back to Houston based on what uh, social media has been saying and what rumors have been flying around. But Trevor's story is still out there and still a very real possibility. So I say, shell out that money we're saving with Donaldson, give Story the contract that he wants, and bring him in. Big bat. He'll replace any lost uh, offense that we would lose from losing Donaldson. Um, at worst, he's a above average defender. He's not going to screw. He's not going to screw up a lot, which is great. Because the last thing I want to see is to have Jorge Polanco going out at shortstop on opening day. He's a second baseman. Polanco did really well at second base. He thrived compared to shortstop where he was one of the worst shortstops and always has been. He's always been not a great fielder, but at second base with that pressure lifted off of him, him, he did much better. So I don't want to see Jorge Polanco at shortstop. So slide Polanco to second base again. Get Story. And then I think you can get story for a little less than $30 million a year. What you do then, I think, is use that remaining 5 million and throw a one-year contract at a pitcher. And I have a couple ideas on who you could do that to. Um, one under-the-radar reliever that I think the Twins could grab to shore up their bullpen, which, by the way, I think the Twins' bullpen looks pretty solid at this point. We'll have a full season of Rogers again. We've got Duffy still. Um, we've got some other good internal options. Uh, Jorge Alcala, Caleb Thielbar, Cody Stashek, Ralph Garza. So I'm not too worried about the bullpen, but it could use a little sprucing up. I think you grab, I'm looking at the Fangraph's free agency tracker here. I think you go and grab Ryan Tapera. Based on data they've Fangraphs has collected, they have him projected to be asking for about three to five million dollars. So just something small, one year contract. He's coming off a career year in Chicago, well, both Chicago teams. He can eat up innings, veteran veteran presence in the bullpen. Uh and yeah, really help help shore things up. Another option is I noticed that the Twins rotation, at least what's projected to be right now, does not have a lefty in it. We have all righties if you look at a rotation of Gray, Bundy, Ober, Ryan, and Dobnak. I think a prime rebound candidate, not even really a rebound candidate, he had his rebound last year, is Matt Boyd. Boyd's been pitching for the Tigers for a long time now. He had an awful 2020. His ERA was above six, almost seven. And his stock was really declining. But last year, even though he struggled with some injuries, he had an ERA below four. His win-loss record was still bad, but the Tigers' offense was abysmal last year. He strikes out a lot of batters. He he would, in his prime, like 2018-2019 Boyd, he was averaging about 11 strikeouts per nine. He's a good lefty arm. He's not going to be asking for a lot of money. So you can still sign Story and then I think shell out a little money and bring him in. Bring Boyd in. Another lefty option, if you wanted a a less risky, but less risk, less reward, would be Tyler Anderson, uh, the lefty, former ace of the Pittsburgh Pirates last year. I mean, his whole career, he's put up about ERA's in about the fours, mid-fours. Most of that was at Coors Field, though, so that is pretty solid. If you look at his ERA plus his years with Colorado, because ERA plus is adjusted for park factors, he's uh he was above league average. So he's another potential option. He might be asking for a little more than Boyd, but I feel like the Twins have enough money where they can give Anderson a contract that he would want to. So. Yeah, that's my uh, that's my strategy. The obvious, which everyone's saying, is get story, get a shortstop. But then also, I think, if you can make one extra pitching move and bring in a serviceable lefty starter, now they're not going to blow you away, Boyd or Anderson, with how amazing they're going to be. But eat up some innings. Let's not put all of our hope on Ober and Ryan yet. Let's let them develop. Don't rush them. And I think, yeah, the Twins actually, especially now given the expanded playoff field, I think have, in this situation, would have a decent shot of making the playoffs. I mean, the potential's always there. A full healthier year of Byron Buxton. Guys like Kepler and Snow coming back and producing well. Kirillov continues to develop. Sanchez pops off in his new home. And solid starting pitching. I think we, we could do something here. But yeah, I think this is just my own take. I think that making one more move with the pitching staff would be beneficial. All right. And that'll about do it for today. Thank you once again for tuning in to the first ever episode of out of left field, a baseball podcast. You can find this podcast on many different platforms, including anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts among others. I'm also working on creating an Instagram page for the podcast. When that's up I will provide a link to that. Please uh, drop a follow on whatever platform you listen to this on and uh, stick around for more episodes. Thanks again guys and I'll talk to you later.